Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. How many of you all enjoyed last Sunday at the park? I'm just uber impressed, crazy impressed by the volunteers and how they came together and how we worked together in unity and everybody was having a good time and having a good attitude and they were serving like Jesus. They were choosing joy. I mean, it was just a beautiful thing to watch you guys work for the Lord. Did y'all, did y'all notice that? I don't think I've ever seen such unity in a group of volunteers. It was beautiful. But in all honesty, though, I want to know who expected a bigger turnout. Raise your hand. Just be honest. Who expected a bigger turnout? But did you realize that we had just over 300 people there? That's three times what we would normally have here on a Sunday. We're so used to being at 100% capacity in this room that it just felt a little bit strange to be at what? 15% capacity maybe in that park? (laughs) 10% capacity? Nevertheless, a three times multiplication is quite amazing from 100 to 300. And something that kept stirring in my spirit last Sunday was that this was a seed event, a seed event, that we were sowing seed into something that would become what we imagined it to be. You see, we all had a vision of what it would be, and we saw that park filled with people, but we didn't realize that it would take like 1,500 people for that park to be filled with people. But that event was a seed event, and it will become what we imagined it to be. And you know that vision that we all had of a packed out park, that is the vision that God supplied. Did you know that? He supplied that vision to us. And last Sunday was not the fulfillment of that vision, it was a step into the vision. It was a step towards the vision. You see, when God supplies the vision, or should we say prophecy, when God supplies the prophecy, it's not fulfilled immediately. There's always a process on the way to fulfillment. And more times than not, we kill the vision because we give up on it if it's not fulfilled in the first step. The fulfillment of the vision is only for those who refuse to give up. Do we got anybody here who, who refuses to give up? You see, last month I brought you a message about how it's time for our name, No Limits Church, to move from prophecy to reality. You all remember that message? God renamed us seven years ago because he knew who we would become. And everybody enjoyed that message in the moment. Hoorah, yes, love this. But how many of us have already settled back into the status quo? We're being tempted to let go of the prophecy because it's uncomfortable to step into something that's beyond our comprehension. We look around and we wonder, did God really say that? Did he really say that? Sounds like a serpent I remember in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say that? Yes, God really said that it is time for our name, No Limits Church, to move from prophecy to reality. God really said that we will become the leading force in Owasso. No other organization will have the influence that we do, and we will steward that influence well, and it's going to be marked by righteousness. God really said that. God really did say that we're designed to be a storehouse with resources so vast that we can't even fathom it. I mean, doesn't that make sense? No Limits Church? If we need a jet, we'll just buy one. If we need more land, we'll just buy it. Yeah, we need that. We'll take it. If we need a stadium, we'll just build it. And God will supply everything that we need to do what he's called us to do. So what do we do? What do we do? Like, do we look around for proof? Do we wait to believe the prophecy until God proves it with something that we can see? No. If we wait to see it with our eyes, it's not faith. 
You don't need faith for things you can see. You need faith for the things that you cannot see. The only proof that we need is the word of God. We need him to confirm it with his word, which he's going to do today. So join me in Isaiah chapter 54. I'm going to read the full chapter, and then we're going to come back and dig into a few things. All we need is for God to confirm it with his word. He does not confirm it with our eyes, with what we can see, with what we experience. Oh, Lord, move us from shallow Christianity into what we're really supposed to be, people of faith. Isaiah chapter 54 says, Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Do not be afraid. There is no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth and the sorrows of widowhood. For your creator will be your husband. The Lord of heaven's armies is his name. He is your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you back from your grief. As though you were a young wife abandoned by her husband, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with great compassion I will take you back. In a burst of anger, I turn my face away for a little while, but with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. And just as I swore in the time of Noah that I would never again let a flood cover the earth, so now I swear that, you will never, that I will never again be angry and punish you. For the mountains may move and the hills disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you with precious, precious jewels and your foundations from lapis lazuli. Anybody know what that is? All right. I will make your towers of sparkling rubies and your gates of shining gems and your walls of precious stones. Man, the Lord goes all out, doesn't he? I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. You will be secure under a government that is just and fair, and your enemies will stay far away. You will live in peace, and terror will not come near. If any nation comes to fight you, it is not because I sent them, and whoever attacks you will go down in defeat. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. Let's dig into this. The first verse says, Sing, O childless woman, you who have never given birth. Break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you who have never been in labor. For the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Who did the Lord command to break into joyful song? The childless woman. Who did he say now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband? The childless woman. Did you catch that? He told a childless woman that right now you have more children than that woman who actually has children. Apparently, the Lord can see something that she cannot see. 
God sees her as a mother of many when all she sees is her lack of children. Not only is the Lord contradicting what she can see, but he is commanding her to break into joyful song over something that is yet to come to pass. Are you hearing me? Are you sure? Not only is the Lord contradicting what she can see, he is speaking a direct contradiction to her experience. She has no kids. And she's saying, you now have more kids. He's saying, you now have more kids than this woman over here who actually has kids. Not only is the Lord contradicting what she can see, but he is commanding her, break into joyful song now before this has ever been fulfilled. And then what does the Lord tell her to do next? Enlarge your house. Build an addition. Spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. The Lord is telling a woman who has no children, who is not even pregnant yet, to enlarge her house and build an addition. You've got to be kidding me. Who believes this kind of stuff? And he said, don't do the bare minimum either. Build a nice addition. Spread out your home and spare no expense. Don't do this cheap. Do it in a way that glorifies me. In other words, don't wait until you need it. Build it now. Use your resources now to build what is necessary to contain the prophecy that the Lord has spoken to you. Make room for the prophecy that the Lord has spoken to you. Do it now. Don't wait until it comes. Do it now. Make room and spare no expense. So let me ask again, should we just sit on this prophecy that the Lord has spoken over this house until he proves it with something that we can see? Is that the strategy that agrees with the word of God? No. Nope, it doesn't. We, what we are supposed to do, in the, what are we supposed to do in this time where what we see doesn't align with what the Lord has spoken? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Break into loud and joyful song. <laughs> I got one. Align with how the Lord sees us. We are now No Limits Church. Now No Limits Church. We are now, just close your eyes and envision it. We are now No Limits Church because that is how God sees it. Aligned with how, what God, he sees something that we don't see. And we only become that whenever we align with it, by faith, by faith. And we are to build as if we are already there. We're to make room for what he's spoken, sparing no expense. When God supplies the vision, it is not fulfilled immediately. There is always a process on the way to fulfillment. Anybody want to shout for the process? <laughs> Amen. More times than not, we kill the vision because we give up on it when it's not fulfilled in the first step. The fulfillment of the vision is only for those who refuse to give up. We are those people. We are those people who do not give up. In 2012, the Holy Spirit urged me to start a blog that teaches churches how to improve their sound. And then a few years later, he gave me a vision for a course that would reach thousands. A new soundboard had just come out that was a game changer. It was kind of like the iPhone of soundboards that put all the flip phones, made them all obsolete. However, at the time, I didn't know this was the case. I didn't know it would become the number one soundboard that churches use like it is today. But the Holy Spirit knew what was to come. 
So God gave me the vision to create a course specifically for that soundboard. The vision was expansive. expansive. It was to reach thousands of churches. So I went through the painstaking process of course creation. You see, back then I was not used to being in front of a video camera. How many of y'all have been in front of a video camera who's not used to it? It's very awkward and uncomfortable. So it was uncomfortable. It was stressful. We turned our bedroom into a video studio so I could shoot this thing. But I did it anyway. And after all the work of scripting the course, shooting the course, editing the course, it was finally time to launch the course. It was finally time for me to see the fulfillment of the vision that God had given me. And on launch week, I expected those thousands to rush in and purchase the course. And guess how many got it on launch week? 20. Hey! The Lord gave me a vision for thousands, and I went through this painstaking process of doing something that I wasn't comfortable with, and then I launched the course by faith, and 20 people showed up. And this is where most people give up. They start thinking, well, I must not have heard from the Lord because 20 is a far cry from 1,000. But that's not what I did because there's, there's something within me, and I, it's a gift from God that forbids me to give up. It forbids me. I just can't give up. And it's something he placed in me because of my role in the body of Christ. So I kept going. I didn't give up on the vision. I didn't let what seemed to contradict the vision stop me. And what was ahead was a tough, long road. But guess how many students are in the course now? 4,507 in this one course. And over the years, I've developed other courses as well. And overall, I right now have 9,123 students in my online courses. And I've generated well over a million dollars doing what the Lord directed me to do. Years later. So remember that vision God gave me about the thousands who would take my courses? has been fulfilled now. But it wasn't fulfilled in the first step. It was only fulfilled because I refused to give up on what he spoke to me, even when what I could see contradicted what he told me. In the summer of 2020, the Lord gave me a vision of a healthy, growing church that was bursting at the seams. Only one condition. (laughs) I had to stop people-pleasing and instead boldly preach the truth. So that's what I did. And I came out guns a-blazing, and I expected to go from a weak and wimpy church to a glorious church with just a few bold messages. But y'all want to guess what happened? Many of you already know. Over the next several months, I managed to cut our attendance in half. I ran off families who had attended our church for many years. It was painful and definitely not the fulfillment of the vision. But I didn't give up on the vision. God is not a man that he should lie. Even though what I could see didn't line up with what he had prophesied, I kept going. And for months, I kept going. For a year, I kept going when nothing was changing. And all of a sudden, these overnight successes, right? All of a sudden, it was an overnight success. We started packing out this room. And it's been that way for well over a year now until today when we made room I'm like, I I must have pushed a lot of people to the 1 p.m. service. I'm really eager to see what happens at 1 p.m. now. (laughs) But we haven't just been growing in numbers. We've been growing in strength and unity. When God supplies the vision, it's not fulfilled immediately. 
there's always a process on the way to fulfillment. More times than not, we give up on the vision because it's not fulfilled in the first step. The fulfillment of the vision is only for what? People who don't give up on what God has spoken. We are those people. So we've talked about God's vision for this house, and now let's kind of zoom out and talk about God's vision for America. It was revealed to me during our 10 days of prayer and fasting last month, and as I entered into the presence of the Lord, I became fully aware of how he sees America. And I, I didn't know if America would ever come back. Anybody in the same boat as me? Like, you just kind of look out, you're like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'll pray as if it will, <laughs> but I, I, I just don't know. And as the Lord welcomed me into his perspective, all of that faded away, and he revealed to me that he's already chosen to redeem America, that he's heard the prayers of his people, and that he's coming to heal our land. And as far as he's concerned, it's already a done deal. And then he took me to Isaiah 52, and through it, he spoke this to my heart. He said, the time of sackcloth and ash are over. No more weeping, no more sorrow. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes. Sing and shout with joy. There it is again. Break into joyful song because the Lord has redeemed America and all the ends of the earth will see the victory of our God. This is quite contrary to what we can see. Quite contrary. So what do we do? Do we look around for proof? Do we wait to believe the prophecy until God proves it by what we can see? Are we like those spies in Israel? There's giants in the land. Or are we like the two who came back and said, we can do this. We're going to conquer this. We're going to fulfill what God has spoken. If we wait to see it with our eyes, it's not faith. You don't need faith for things you can see. You need faith for things that you cannot see. The only proof that we need is the word of God. We need him to confirm it with his word. And wouldn't you know it? He confirms that same prophecy in Isaiah 54. We just read the whole thing. Let me read to you these 11 through 15, verse 11 through 15. He's speaking this to America. Hey, oh, storm-battered city, troubled and desolate. Yep, that's us. He just described us, didn't he? I will rebuild you with precious jewels and make your foundations from lapis lazuli. You will make your towers of sparkling rubies and your gates of shining gems and your walls of precious stones. I will teach all of your children and they will enjoy great peace. Oh, thank you, Lord, for redeeming the children. You will be secure under a government that is just and fair. Woo, that's going to be a miracle. Your enemies will stay far away. You will live in peace, and terror will not come near you. And if any nation comes to fight you, it's not because I sent them. So whoever attacks you is going to go down in defeat. What are we supposed to do when what we see doesn't align with what God has spoken? Do y'all know the answer yet? Break into loud and joyful song. Align with what the Lord sees. America has been redeemed. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day at our government event here, a guest who had come who had never been here, and she was telling me about how she's troubled with America. It's like, yeah, we all get that, right? And then once she stopped talking, I looked at her and said, but God has redeemed America. And she went, Really? I said, yes. She's like, I love that. I love that you just told me that. God is looking for those who will truly live by faith. I mean, we're talking about people who believe what's written in the word of God, who believe the prophetic words of God, even when it disagrees with what they can see. 
You don't need faith for things you can see. Why are we always looking for something we can see? I'll believe when I get healed. No, that wasn't faith. You just revealed that you don't have faith. And not only do they believe God's word, but they act on it as reality. That's the people God's looking for. Not only do they believe it, but they act on it. They sing and they shout with joy because God's already done it. They build and they make room for the prophecy to come to pass. Because as far as they're concerned, God has already done it. God's already redeemed America. And now we are his laborers to go and fulfill what he has already done. To bring what's already been done in the spiritual realm, bring it down into the physical realm. God loves America. This is his nation. We're not a replacement for Israel, but we are one of God's nations. And he wants to redeem this. He has already redeemed this nation. He doesn't just want to. He's already done it. You're going to see it with your own eyes. You can either be part of this redemption or you can sit back and watch. But I recommend that you just become part of it and start telling people, God has redeemed America. They're going to be like, really? Yeah. He's already decided to do it because in his word it says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then he will come and heal our land. And we humbled ourselves and we prayed and God is going to honor his word and come and heal our land. Because his word is true. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.